The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. You can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation on Heart Health Radio. Also, have fun, I think. We do, don't we? I have a blast. I mean, Saturdays are radio show days. That's good. Yeah, radio days, you know, it's just, it's fun because... We can talk about things that can improve people's lives and maybe make them laugh a little bit. We have some uh, fake news. You're going to hear on this program a televangelist talking about a cure for the coronavirus, which is not a cure. In fact, it's dangerous. So hang on with us. You're going to hear about that. Also, um, an update on the coronavirus in general, varicose veins. And why it's important to get treated for them rather than just let it go. And, and, cock-a-doodle-doo. And Susan, Lu- <laughs> you'll find out why he's cock-a-doodle-doo. I'm in a funny mood, so okay. stand back. A- and we'll take phone calls. Do not take medical advice from Dave Alexander. But on the other hand, if if you want to take advice from Dr. Franklin Weefold, Weefold do that. Also, it's heart month. Uh, we're supposed to start with Heart Month. Yeah, it's you know it's great. It's Valentine's Day was yesterday. Yes, and that's the heart. And you know the heart looks like a heart. People don't realize that that heart on Valentine's Day actually is what a heart looks like when you open it up. That little okay. tip is the tip of the heart. Yeah, and those two things are the atrial appendages. They they sort of sit over the top of the heart. So okay. everybody wonders what is that? That's not what a heart is. That's actually what a heart looks like. Okay. Okay, Susan Lucci. Yes. Do you watch? All my children? No, it's off the air. No way. Yeah, it's no longer on. But her character, Susan Lucci, was on the soap opera so much that she was married 11 times to eight different guys. They beat me by one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, all right. She had a Widowmaker heart attack. I didn't know. This was in 2018. And if you remember from last week, we talked about the Widowmaker. That's the left anterior descending artery feeds most of the front part of the heart, and when you have a blockage really near the beginning of the artery, it's called a widowmaker because it can kill you. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about Susan is she was having symptoms, chest discomfort. Right. She was, it went around into her neck and arm, and she ignored it oh. because she's beautiful. Can beautiful people <laughs> in their 70s. Well, she's also thin. Yeah. yeah she was a small person. But yeah. This is the key thing. Her daddy died young of a heart attack, okay. but she still ignored it. And then she was in a store getting her Susan Lucci outfits, and thank God the manager of the store was a nurse. Wow. Pulled her aside and said, Susan, get in my car, and she did. Wow. And next thing you know, she's getting two stents. And uh-huh. she wanted everybody to know, if you're a woman, this is one of the problems that we have and why women may have, well, they do have, but this is maybe why, a higher death rate from coronary artery disease. Because they think, I can't have this. You know, women think they have breast cancer. That's what's going to get them. Right. Number one cause of death in women, heart disease. Now. Oh, no, hold on. We got Dave in Goldsboro. Oh, hey, if Dave. If you don't mind, we're going to talk oh, about Oh, I love Dave. it. 
Dave in Goldsboro dialed in just as the show started. Thank you very much, Dave. Hey, you're on the air. What's going on? Hey, I've, I've enjoyed your listening to Dr. Refo, um, and Thank very you. much enjoy the program. Thank you. I do want to ask, um, someone told me this morning that blood pressure medicine can affect your pancreas and cause your sugar levels to increase. Yes, and they can. Yes, now, they can. I take Diavin, 80 milligrams a day. And I was wondering... Which one? That uh, which, say it again. I missed it. I, mean, I take Diavin. Uh, oh, Diavan. Yes. Yes, sir. Now, that is called an angiotensin receptor blocker. It's a very good medicine. What it does is prevent this hormone that constricts your arteries from doing it. Uh, it's not that complicated. Now, that's not one necessarily associated with pancreatitis. The ones that are are the diuretics, hydrochlorothiazide. It sometimes is paired with Divan. It's called Divan HCT. That works great, but very rarely. Okay, so when you hear that a medicine is associated with a side effect, pancreatitis is a very serious thing. I've had several patients get pancreatitis from hydrochlorothiazide. Um, Diltiazem, um, I didn't even know this. This is great. A patient taught me this. This is why I listen to my patients and sometimes don't mind that they Google. And so diltiazem, that's called a calcium channel blocker. Now, what is the risk? About 1 in 10,000, but you could be that 1 in 10,000. And what's pancreatitis? It's a very severe pain in the mid-epigastrum, and then it radiates to the back, and you get nausea and vomiting. Now, usually it'll recover on your own, and pancreatitis can also come from gallstones. So you're on Divan. I am not aware of a risk, a uh, significant risk with Divan for pancreatitis. Now, the other things that can affect or that can be affected by hydrochlorothiazide, the diuretic, it reduces the amount of salt that you have in your body because you urinate it out. It can lead to a higher level of sugar. Okay. Now, that's usually not significant. So here's what I want to say. This is very good to know that these medicines, uh, that hydrochlorothiazide, especially the diuretics, mm-hmm. can lead to these conditions. But don't not take them because of that. Talk to your doctor. Find out what kind of risk you are. If you have diabetes and it's out of control, then you might consider switching. How Just, long have you been on the Diavan? Uh, probably 10 years. I is guess. it working? And yes, sir, it does. It, yeah. it works quite well you know uh the upper number would be around in the 120s so. that's great but that's uh, fantastic I how do you feel about the sugar level well i had to cut it in half because sometimes when you yeah uh, it's too low yes sir are you watching the salt in your diet uh probably not like i should okay i, I live out in the country so you know oh well i love the country but here's the thing <laughs> you know everybody thinks the salt in your diet means the shaker but it's really not um, bacon, any processed meat, it's sodium nitrate. Okay, right. so sodium is in there. So you want to avoid, I mean, I can't go without bacon. I don't know about you. I mean, bacon's like, you know, one of those essential vitamins. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but I only have bacon once it's a, a week. Food group, actually. Sundays, yeah. bacon day. Anyway, and usually the dogs steal my bacon anyway. But anyway, so people don't realize that canned soups, yep. V8 juice, tomato juice, um, they have salt in them, mm-hmm. canned vegetables. So, you know, it's hard to read the labels, but if you can add up, what you want to try to do is less than 3,000 milligrams of sodium a day. Mm-hmm. And if you have severe high blood pressure, 2,000. Now, I'm going to have to do you all a favor. What I'm going to do next week, and David's going to remind me, is to give you the average amounts of sodium 
in these things, so mm-hmm. you can sort of figure it out. But it's on the back of the can. Yes. And as long as you can hold off, you know, I like canned asparagus. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So it sounds like you're doing a good job. It doesn't matter really how much salt you eat as long as your pressures are under control. Okay? So it sounds like you're yeah. doing a great job. And my main concern is that sugar level. That's what. That's a big one. Tell me about that. What's it, What's your A1C? Do you know? Six, 6.8. That's, what are you talking about? That's great. That's good. Yeah. My doctor says that's pre-diabetic territory. No. Let me, let me tell you something about an A1C. And this is from a heart point of view. If you have heart trouble, you don't want it much lower than that because that means you're at risk for the low hypoglycemia. Have you ever had one of those attacks, a low sugar attack? If I go along, sometimes I have to go several hours before I eat a meal. So yes, sir. You can't do that. Anyway, a low um, blood sugar hypoglycemic attack is actually worse for you, even in the long run, mm-hmm. than having it around 200. Because when you have a low sugar, what happens? The adrenaline is one of the ways that your sugar comes up. It pounds the uh, tissues to try to absorb more sugar, especially in your brain. But what happens when you get adrenaline? Your heart speeds up. Mm-hmm. You start sweating. And I've seen people literally have heart attacks when they get a low sugar. So I'm not going to say your doctor's wrong, um, but I'm going to say that the thinking now among cardiologists especially is that 6.8 or 7.0 is pretty darn good. So I'd pat, I'd pat you on the back. I think you're doing great. Did they say 6.5 is what the American... Yeah, but you know the difference between 6.8 and 6.5? It's probably a candy bar once every three months, okay? And I'm joking, but talk to your doctor um, if you're having lows and if you are at risk for heart trouble. I would probably talk to him and ask him, do I really have to get it lower? Because if it were my patient, I mean, I'd be breaking out the paper hats and, you know, celebrating. Because I got people in the eights and nines. I got one guy 15 that I got wow. down to eight, and I was really happy, yeah. you know. Well, i tell you what I've done. I, uh, for 10 years, no pancakes, honey buns, cinnamon rolls, oh. waffles. Yes. Or, yeah. Do you know Good what that's called? You. I, you know what that's called? When I die, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a Krispy Kreme. Yes. Oh, yeah. Once a month. But you know what that, yeah. you just named the no-no diet. No white flour products, no sugar, uh, no white potatoes. Although, if you want to eat the potato skins, I like that. That's good for you. Fiber. Yeah, sure. And that's that's complex carbohydrates. Yeah, can so I stay eat away the, from white rice. Can I eat the skin, the uh, the peel off an orange also? That's not bad for you. Not bad. Okay. Yeah, it you. tastes like crap, but what do you, not, you know? <laughs> Am I allowed to say that word? You did. Okay, I'm sorry. Listen, Dave, thank you very much for Call calling again. in. Call again. Thanks. Thank you for the podcast on where I can download them on your website. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Dave and Goldsboro. Now, Johnny Clayton's been waiting. And uh, sadly, we've got to go you know, forward with the show. But, John, if you can hold on for a couple of minutes, you're going to be on right after fake news. In fact, I'm going to pick up with John. Johnny Clayton, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank hey, you. Can you doing? wait like five minutes? Be happy to. You, right. ju- you already did because we had another caller yeah. and you called right in. You'll but be if our you no- can, yeah, number one priority after the fake number news. Number one priority. But we've got some fake news that we've got to – because it's dangerous fake news. And we're going to deal with that in just a moment with John's permission. Thank you. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. You're a fraud. You're a fake. 
Today's fake news segment is brought to you by John in Clayton, who is hanging on, and we're going to get to you, but we've got so much fake news, and I don't want to leave him to the end of it, but... As soon as we get rid of the fakes, we'll go to a true blue, John. True blue, John and Clayton. There is a fellow by the name of Jim Baker. If you've got a good enough memory, you've been around a while, you remember Jim and Tammy Baker. Tammy Faye. Tammy Faye Baker, yeah, with the, the PTL makeup. Ministries, she had more makeup than any human being ever should ever you wear. You know what PTL meant? Well, praise P- the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise well, the Lord. I hope that the Lord will reach down and touch Jim Baker and tell him he's full of it. Can Jim, we- Jim is saying that a silver solution, colloidal silver. Now, silver is good. Okay. Yeah, because what it does is uh, when it's a topical you know, silvadine. I use that in wounds. Yeah. But drinking it is wrong. Now, listen to Jim Baker talk with his guest, Dr. Cheryl Selman, on his cable TV show. This influenza that is now circling the globe, you're saying that silver solution would be effective. Well, let's say it hasn't been tested on this strain of the coronavirus, but it's been tested on other strains yeah. of the coronavirus and has been... Uh, able to eliminate it within 12 hours. Yeah. Totally eliminate it, kills it, deactivates it. Yeah. And then it boosts your immune system, so then you can support the recovery, because when you kill the virus, then the immune system comes into action to clear it out. So you want a vibrant immune system as well as an ability to deactivate these viruses. All right. Dr. Franklin Weefald, with your response, sir. It's total bunk. Um, Yeah. Colloidal silver can actually be very bad for you. You know, there's people who are blue. They're blue because the more colloidal silver you eat, drink, it's a liquid, it's deposited in your skin and you turn into a Smurf. Right now, Google blue people from colloidal silver or just drinking silver and you'll see these people. Now, just remember one thing. If this were true, don't you think there'd be products out? Don't you think that the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, the um, infectious disease people, would be telling you this and not Jim Baker? Yeah. So just forget about colloidal silver. And when you watch the video I have on the internet, you watch the video, it looks like an infomercial. They have the 1-800 number. I just went to the website. You can order this stuff. Don't. It's from Jim Baker. Dot whatever, okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, John and Clayton, thank you for waiting. What's going on, sir? Hey, uh, thanks very much for taking my call. I want oh, yeah. to talk to you about my dad's uh, situation. He was diagnosed with uh, hypertension. He's 62 years old. He's been generally in pretty good shape. And um, the cardiologist said he had a left ventricular hypertrophy. Hypertrophy, yes. Hypertrophy. Okay. Yeah, I'll and, explain what um, I guess I was just trying to figure out you know, what is it? Um, you know, how does it get treated and does it does it go away or increase the amount yeah. of risk for uh, a stroke or heart attack? That's a really, really good question. Now, have you ever seen a weightlifter's arms? How, mm-hmm. You know, you keep lifting these heavy things and what happens? The muscle gets big. That's called hypertrophy of the skeletal muscle. So the same thing can happen to the heart. The heart has to pump against the pressure. 
So when it pumps, it has to pump that blood against the arteries that if you have high blood pressure, one way they can be high is the arteries are constricted. So it's just like a weightlifter constantly overtaxing the heart muscle. And it causes the cells to get bigger in order to have more strength to pump. Now, what happens? You ever seen a weightlifter trying to relax his arm? Okay. There's so much muscle that the other muscles actually have to pull it down because it's so big. And that's the same thing with the heart. It becomes difficult to relax. So people realize the heart don't realize the heart pumps, and that's an active you know, um, situation. But relaxation is also active. And if you can't relax your heart, you get stiff. And it's so-called the hypertrophy leads to a stiff heart. What happens when it's stiff? The pressure goes up inside the uh, heart um, cavity. That pressure builds up and goes backwards into the lungs, and you get what's called heart failure. So you can have heart failure with a too strong heart. And so that's a great question. There are certain blood pressure medications that appear to reverse the hypertrophy better than others. But in general, if you control that blood pressure, get it down to 120 and get it persistently down, then the hypertrophy tends to go away. Now, there are some studies that seem to indicate that if you have this thickening of the heart, so-called hypertrophy, you are at a higher risk for heart disease, heart attack, congestive heart failure. But controlling the blood pressure actually can reverse it in most situations. And you know what else helps? Hmm. Walking. Aerobic exercise tends to reduce the amount of hypertrophy or thickness of the heart muscle. Hey, how's your daddy feeling? Is he good? Yeah, overall he's uh, you know he's always been a you know pretty good exerciser. Yeah, he, he's he my age. And he runs. Yeah, he's my yeah. age. So and that's young. Sixty is the new forty. Did you know that? He runs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So that's good. he ha- must have had an echocardiogram where they can tell. This is a sound wave picture of the heart. And uh-huh. what I would do in a year after his blood pressure is under good control, go back and ask your doctor if he needs another one. He or she may say yes. I do it because I can, I, I can see the thickness of the wall muscle go away. And there's a certain thing called diastolic dysfunction. What does that mean? The relaxing of the heart is wrong, is not good. You can pick that up on an ultrasound of the heart, too. And very frequently, when the blood pressure's been bad for a long time, you get it under control. You can follow that relaxing mechanism getting better. And so your dad's doing everything right. Well, let me ask you this. He's, yeah. got arrested, he's got arrested heart rate between 50 and 55 because wow. of the activity that he's got. Now, wow. would that help that condition yes. or hurt that condition? It helps. Um, the resting heart rate seems to correlate with fitness. Now, mine's 80, and that's normal for me. When I was fit in my 40s, I was running and mm-hmm. ruining my health. <laughs> no, my knees, not my health. Running is good for the heart, but it's bad for the knees. My heart rate got down to 70. Now, when you see somebody who is exercising and they you know, have a heart rate of 55 to 60, that actually translates into better health. And I'm not sure it's longevity either. But tell your pastor down on the back, he's doing everything right. John, really? thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great I, day. I appreciate it. It's very good that you called. Thank you very much. Also, Skip and Raleigh was in the waiting room, and we're going to get to you pretty quickly. Uh, the news people want to do their thing. Varicose veins in a rooster. 
What is the why are those both in a story? Uh, coronavirus and the happy birthday song. What do they belong? How do they belong together? We'll find out in just a few moments on Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM 680 WPTF. You know, you can listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at WPTF.com and find links to articles here and commentary from the show at hearthealthradio.com. And we've got Skip in Raleigh talking to uh, Dr. Franklin Weefold. Hi, Skip. Hey, guys, thank you so much for a great show, and I'm one of the few people in Raleigh who, like, has no life, so I actually listen to the radio. Yeah. By the way, Dr. Weefold, um, I've uh, been uh, had the privilege of working at a local trauma center for long, almost as long as you've been alive, and so in addition to LAD dysfunction, if you cheat on your wife, that can also be a widowmaker. I've seen that happen LAD, more than once. In addition to LAD uh, <laughs> dysfunction, the widowmaker is also uh, – the tendency of men to cheat on their wives. Oh, That's a widowmaker. gosh. That's a widowmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Skip, so, what did so you do at a trauma center? Um, I, I happen to be a, a PT. Uh, by oh, training. yeah. And, Wonderful. Yeah. So, He's a PT. Well, oh, wow. anyway, so here's, here's a quick question. Yeah, sure. Um, Take your time. Fall, uh, it was uh, time for flu shot. Um, I'm older than, you know, like back when the earth cooled. So, um I would be a candidate for the enhanced flu shot, but they didn't have any. And so I chose to get some protection rather than none. Right. Um, and I talked to my PCP who said, you know, you might think about a booster in February. So I went and talked to a pharmacy friend, and he said, yeah, that's an option, or elderberry. What, uh, what, do you, what would your uh, take okay. be on that? Okay. I'm going to make a confession here. I take elderberry twice a day. Okay, and there's no real scientific evidence that it helps, um, but there's anecdotal evidence. There's some evidence that boosts your immune system. They're doing the study now, elderberry versus placebo, mm-hmm. and we were going to talk, but zinc versus placebo actually works. Okay. And zinc, uh, remember I talked before about a good study versus a bad study. A good study goes forward, so you take... A group of people, cut them in half randomly, give half elderberry or zinc and half uh, placebo. Sure. And what that is a fake, a fake drug. And they did the zinc thing and it worked. It reduced colds, uh, people's colds by two days in the most part. Now, elderberry is an immune system um, decreased inflammation and immune system booster. Now, you want to know why I really take elderberry? Why? Because it's a gummy and it tastes good. Really? It yeah. really is good. Isn't it good? <laughs> yeah, one, it's, it's, it's amazing that yeah. some supplements are like, oh, well, actually, you got to gut through them. But elderberry uh, does, t- the gummies are, are great. Yeah, whoever invented <laughs> the elderberry gummy should get a pat on the back because sure. it tastes good. So I figure, okay. number one, what I say about supplements, if they can't hurt you, yeah. then they're good. Now, don't get elder homemade elderberry syrup. People do this. And um, I'm sorry, but I can't remember the name of the chemical mm-hmm. builds up and makes you sick, puking and stuff like that. So I, listen, elderberry, I've been eating it. I've gotten sick twice this year, which is unusual because I played in the dirt as a kid and I got a good immune system. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I got quick. I got healthy pretty quick. Um, so I, I do the elderberry. I don't think anybody is in trouble for doing it. 
Um, I don't know the maximum dose of elderberry, but you know, every now and then I feel like a sweet, mm-hmm. and I pop another one. <laughs> right. Do you ever do that, Skip? Uh, I, I have only taken one a day. Um, Go to two. Uh, the two a two is uh, the right dose. Um, yeah. Well, because I so, said so. It, so the question is, would you substitute that for a second? No. Uh, a blue shot booster. Okay. So here's here's what I want to say about elderberry. Um, it's it may be good. It can't hurt you, but it ain't like a flu shot. Um, the second flu shot, there's only one thing that's unfortunate about it, is that your insurance usually doesn't pay for it. Now, well, Since the hospital provided it, oh, get it, Medicare might pay for it. Yeah, just get it. I mean, it, number one, it can't hurt you. Number two, the second flu shot has been shown to boost the immunity just a little bit. Um, and I did want to say one thing um, real quickly, uh, because my... Uh, transcriptionist Pam is is sick of hearing about the flu, but it's coming back. He, um, B was a big one, he, uh, influenza B. Um, it wasn't covered by the flu shot this year. We guessed wrong. So that uh, I can't tell you the number of patients who've had influenza B. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen a yeah, bunch of patients. With a B is and, coming uh, back. We're gonna have, yeah. we're gonna have a big A bump the end of this month and in March into April, and it's H one N one. But for some reason, we guessed right. So get a booster. Now, I did something funny, um, and I might get in trouble with the medical board, but I only gave the double whammy. I only gave the the extra shot, the quote-unquote senior shot. I gave that to everybody. Okay. Now, anecdotally, nobody that I gave the flu – no, excuse me. One person got the flu. Mm -hmm. So um, go ahead and get it. It can't hurt you. And then go ahead and have some elderberry. Have one on me. Uh, you know, I, I took one this morning. So I took I'll, one, too. I'll have another tomorrow. Thank you so much. That sounds like uh, yeah. wise advice. All right. Very good, Skip. Thank and you. And I like the name Skip. One of my favorite people <laughs> in college was named Skip. His name was Thurmond Jefferson III, and he went as Skip. Well, well, of course he did, yeah. Um, and, and, of course, this boy is named Wandsworth Dwayne Roy III, and, yes. uh, and nobody names their kid that. Yes. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Not at, twice. Not anymore. at Princeton. I'll come to court and get it changed. Yeah. I see it anywhere. That's for sure. And, and Thanks re- so much for your help. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, you know, I went to Princeton, and, and Skip was a very popular name, but it was never a real name. The other no, ones no, were no. Trip. And you know what Trip was? When they were like Thurston Howell III, they were called Trip. The third. And then, believe it or not, right. I knew four Buffies at Princeton. Of course you did. I did. Of and course they, you did. They were not vampire slayers, okay? Buffy. All right. Thank Buffy you, Skip. and Muffy. I, I appreciate you calling. 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. There is a woman who died yeah. because she had varicose veins and a rooster. What's I, the and, you know, connection we, here? We can't really have fun with this because no. she died. But I see varicose veins all the time. And... Number one, they hurt. Number two, they're, they stick out. Mm-hmm. And what is it? It's a vein that has become weak in, the, in terms of its constrictive ability. And it could be from one of the deep veins being weak and bulging out. Now, they're, mm-hmm. they're very rarely, but they can be life-threatening. Because if this vein cuts, yeah. okay, the rooster came along and pecked her right over that big, hoary-looking varicose vein. Yeah. And it, she bled to death. And that can happen. Um, and the thing I wanted to tell everybody is that put a tourniquet not above it, 
but below mm. it. Okay. If you get because an injury, the vein there, blood really? flows from the foot up. Okay. Okay. And number two. Okay. Pressure. Yeah. Just even your hand put pressure on this thing. Now, I have seen somebody nearly exsanguinate from a varicose vein. And the other thing is they can be fixed if they're really big. If it's bigger than your pinky, mm. then that is, and it's sticky out on the surface. Yeah. That is a risk for exsanguination if it gets cut. Yeah. So. Put your tourniquet, and it, what could it be? It could, you know, take off your stockings sure. and and put it down below where the vein is leaking, more towards your foot, and then put pressure on it. Just hold it with your hand. Put one hand over it and with the other with your cell phone. Dial 911. Right. It is an emergency if this thing is bleeding because just like this lady in the rooster, you could bleed to death. Wow. Okay, coronavirus and the flu and colds. All in in some cases preventable because you should wash your hands. And is there some approved and acceptable method yeah. to wash your hands? Uh huh. And you may have heard this on my health heart whatever minute on yeah. the thing, but washing your hands has to do with this wonderful song right. that I got just yeah. a few days ago. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I don't know the connection. Happy birthday to you. I love that. That's a beautiful song, but I have no no idea why that has to do with washing hands. How do you wash your hands? You turn on the water, and all you environmentalists out there, keep the water running. Yeah, sure. Because you (laughs) want to touch the um, faucet handles twice, and so turn it on. Soap. I don't care what kind of soap it is, because you're not, you know, this concept of, you know, the antibacterial soap is hogwash. Okay. Because all soap does is make the germs fall off your hand. So it can be ivory soap. Yeah. It could be, you know, granny clampets, lye soap. Yeah. It could be any kind of soap. Lather up your hands by first putting them under the water and then take them out of the water and you want to scrub them, wash them together for 20 seconds. Now, how do you know 20 seconds are up? You don't <laughs> okay. want to count to 20. No. Sing happy birthday to me. Yeah. And that is generally, if you sing it, if you go happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me. You want to sing it at that pace that the wonderful choir just sang it at. Yes. When you're done, then put your hands back under the running water uh-huh. and get all the soap off. Now, how do you get the soap off? You rub your hands back together. Well. Now, this is something I left off my heart minute, and I'm kicking myself for it. Drying your hands. This is something very important. A clean paper towel is best because you know, these towels that are hanging on your on your um, hook at home they're yeah. dirty. Yeah. So yeah. get a clean paper towel. What? Rub your. You know. Get those hands dry. Then use that paper towel to turn off the faucet mm-hmm. because you're just going to reinfect your hands if you turn off the faucet with your hands. So you wipe with the towel. Okay. Get the towel. Put it on the faucet so you're only touching the towel and turn off the faucet and. That helps. I mean, and, and, you know, if there weren't this coronavirus, if there weren't the flu virus, I'm not so careful. But the coronavirus will live for two weeks 
two weeks yeah. on metal, on plastic. Yeah. And, you know, I was wrong. This is a real serious problem because it's not stopping. Even SARS started slowing down. SARS was that one in China from, what, 10 years ago? Sure. It only killed 900, but it was only. We've got 1,500 deaths now in China alone. Right. Had our first death in Europe. We've got another death in in uh, the Middle East. It doesn't look like this thing is going away. So we got to be really careful. And I'm not scaring anybody. Right. But, you know, it's if you say, well, I don't know anybody from China. Okay, I sneezed. Right. I sneezed in the line at Harris Teeter. I'm, no. I'm half Chinese, and some people look. I really look Chinese. They they cleared out. They moved. They moved. They got to a different line. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I kid you not. So, this it, apparently the super spreader. You've heard about him. Yeah, he was in England. Yeah, he brushed against a guy who'd been at a conference in Singapore. Then this guy got on a transportation thing. I don't know if it was an airplane or whatever. He infected four. And no, no, he went skiing. Yeah. He infected 40 people in the Alps. Now, he's healthy now. He didn't yeah. die from it. Right. And we don't know who dies and who doesn't die. It might. There's. It's weird. Some people get this thing and they get really sick really quick. Other people, it's like a cold. Other people, it's in between. Okay. But it's worse than I thought. Let's pray that in the next month we see signs that it's decreasing. 67,097 people confirmed with, they're calling it COVID-19, the coronavirus COVID-19 globally. And you're saying that right now it has killed more people than previous outbreaks yeah, the SARS, of anything. Yeah, SARS, was, uh, it was weird. Serious acute respiratory syndrome sudden acute respiratory syndrome yeah and that was really big that was scared a lot of people and there was something called mers which is middle eastern respiratory syndrome these were also coronaviruses yeah okay mers was worse than sars covid19 is worse than both of them okay now there is somebody who thinks we have a vaccine so we'll talk about that okay that's coming up also uh, the phone's ringing so you know we might have another another guest uh, 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. We're going to talk about um, hot sauce and whether it's really good for you for stopping a heart attack. You like hot sauce? Uh, yeah, but not for stopping a heart I attack. I hate that stuff. Oh, I love it. I hate it. Medical bills and going to jail and Alzheimer's treatment, the study failed or it's the sad. drug failed. It's so. Sad. So we'll talk about that if we have time, 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health on News Radio 680 WPTF. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation on Heart Health Radio right on your radio, Saturdays at noon, right here, WPTF. Who are we shouting out today? Well, you know, it's sad. The World War II veterans are dying at a clip, a, a fast pace. They're in their 90s now. And I yes. have a World War II veteran. He was a chaplain mm-hmm. in World War II, Ray Hodge, and he was a chaplain when he got back here. He's got a weak heart. He's got a defibrillator. He's an atrial fibrillation. He's yeah. had a stroke. And 
he's a wonderful human being. Yeah. I see him about once every week, once every two weeks to tune him up a little bit. I've never heard him complain. I've only heard him say thank you. He now is not active. He was probably pretty active up until about uh, four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. But, Ray, if you're listening, we all love you. We're, people in my practice see him coming in. He just brightens our day. Yeah. And positive attitude. One more. Tim Penny, if you're listening. Tim, I knew from my favorite gas station. He used to work in the convenience store. Yeah. And he came to see me, and he's having some chest discomfort. His stress test was positive. But – Ten years ago, I would have had him in the cath lab and putting a stent in. Well, he was stable in terms of his chest discomfort came on predictably. He took his meds, and nine months later, he's got no chest discomfort, and his stress test yesterday was normal, and he went like 10 minutes on the treadmill. Great. So Tim shouted out. He went, his cholesterol went from LDL 190 mm-hmm. to 58 with diet and medication. I had a guy call in and just didn't want to be on the radio. Some people are a little shy. That's he, okay. He told me about, uh, I believe, a family – no, it was about him. Charlie and Carrie says, all right, my – my, what is that uh, sugar? Hemoglobin A1C. A1C was 6.0. And his doctor was talking about putting them on metformin. Okay. And – Right now, his most recent one is 5.8. Now, that's without medication. Yeah. Now, you don't want to disagree because you well, didn't see his I'm chart. His, you didn't yeah. see him. I'm not his doctor, so but, there might be something else going on. But yeah. let's do a hypothetical. If he were my patient. Okay. And let's do a hypothetical that didn't have any other serious problem. Okay. And I found he had a 6.0. I'd be saying, dude, Congratulations. Because, again, I am a big believer in chemicals, okay? Without chemicals, life itself would be impossible. That's Mm -hmm. that old DuPont commercial. Sure. Metformin's a chemical, and it's pretty benign. And how metformin works is it keeps your liver from producing too much sugar. People don't realize your body produces sugar, glucose. Your body produces in the liver cholesterol. Right. So the cholesterol medication that works, the statins, they prevent the liver from producing cholesterol. And metformin helps reduce that. Now, metformin can have bad side effects, okay? Um, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. It's generally well mm-hmm. um, tolerated. But even though I you know, promote these chemicals because I think chemicals are good, they're only for people who need them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would tell him, you know, no, no diet. Stay away from white flour products, sugar. Um, white potatoes and rice, white rice. And yeah. it looks like 5.8. I mean, I'm happy. There's okay. this thing called tight control, and it's falling by the wayside because too many people are getting a low blood sugar and getting consequences from that. Yeah. Yeah. So if he were my patient, um, I can't tell him what to do. But if I had a patient with the scenario that I just talked about, I wouldn't put him on metformin. And you would suggest to Charlie specifically, talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor. It doesn't sound like he's been put on metformin. Right. And metformin, metformin's a a big pill. Yeah. At least mine is. It's a big pill and it's smelly. It's very expensive. And it's, yeah, yeah, there you go, and expensive. Okay. Let's move on to medical bills and going to jail. Yeah. Are there people actually going to jail? Yeah, they're going to jail. Because they didn't pay their medical bills. It's, it's not 
necessarily because they didn't pay their medical bill. And that's the thing I think that some of these headlines are uh, misleading. Mm-hmm. They can't jail you for debt in the United States anymore. Amen. They can't. I mean, it used to be debtor's prisons. They can't. Mm-hmm. These people went to jail because they didn't show up for their court date. Now, in my mind, nobody should have to go to court over a medical bill. Remember one thing. The biggest danger is if you don't talk to people about it. Now, there mm-hmm. are medical bills that drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, balance billing by certain hospitals. What is that? That's where they try to collect over what their insurance company pays. Mm-hmm. Ask them if they have a contract with Blue Cross Blue Shield. If they do, that means they can't balance bill. And if they try to balance bill you, you report them to your insurance company. Um, the other thing is out-of-network providers. Yeah. And this is terrible. I mean, you go to the emergency room for a heart attack. And it's in your network. But anesthesiologist, the emergency room doctor may not be. Sure. And they'll try to bill you out the wazoo. I think that's unethical. Okay. They should try to collect from the insurance company and try to make a deal. Um, A lot of times they're not in the network because they don't get enough money from the insurance company. And that's just terrible. Now, what do you do if you've got a bill? Yeah. Talk to the hospital. Call them up. Say, I just got out. Thank you very much. Kind of butter them up a little bit. Sure. You helped me. But I can't afford the bill. I can't pay you $3,000. I don't have the money. Right. Tell them you'll pay $10 a month and see if they'll take it. <laughs> I'm, you, know, you, you laugh. Yeah. When we had our first baby, um, I was in medical school, and the Johns Hopkins Hospital billed us yes. for our copay. And I didn't have it because they were paying me slave wages. Yeah. That's what they did with residents. I, pay, I had a little coupon book, and I gave him 10 bucks a month for five years, <laughs> and I paid for my baby that way. Amen. You can do it, and, and you just have to be persistent. Be, you know, be persistent. Don't lay down on this. Now, here's the good news. If it's sent to a collection agency, remember, they've sold that debt mm-hmm. for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. So you can really negotiate for that. Now, the other thing you want to negotiate about is not have them record it report it to the credit bureau. Right. What you can tell them is I'll pay you and I'll pay you once a month a certain amount, but I'll take you to court. Well, you, you can yeah. say that, but it's sure. expensive to take to court. But tell them not to put it on your credit report if they want to get paid. Right. And it's pennies on the dollar. So if they say you a thousand, offer them two hundred on your credit card, I bet they'll take it. I do that with everybody. Oh. I do it with everybody. I just, you know, Anybody I owe money to, I just say, I'll give you 10 bucks a month. Well, can I do it at McDonald's? You do whatever you can. Can I, instead of a dollar on the If you've got 10 bucks a month, you can spend cash at McDonald's. (laughs) All right. There's an Alzheimer treatment that they tried and failed. Here's the problem. Yeah, real quick. Uh, Monoclonal antibody, um, it's a a little protein that mimics your immune system. It binds up at something else, so it can't work. Well, tau is a protein that leads to deposition of these protein sheets in your brain. So they figured that's called that's what leads to Alzheimer's. So they thought that if you could just stop the tau protein, you'd stop Alzheimer's. This is like the fourth trial on this type of drug. They yeah. spent over a billion dollars, and none of them worked. Now, it's sad because everybody was hoping it was going to work. Yeah. Alzheimer's is a really bad thing as we age and as we live longer. So it's bad. Okay. And we don't have a treatment. We don't really have an effect. No, we don't. There's nothing. All right, listen, we're going to be back next week. This is Heart Health Radio.
The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.